The readings taken from Acts chapter 13, starting at verse 4 to verse 12. Barnabas and Saul, the two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, and John was with them as their helper. They travelled through the whole island until they came to Pathos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer, the false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Bar Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for that what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from their faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately... Mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. And this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Last week, we saw Paul and Barnabas being commissioned and sent off to do God's work. Paul was already well-travelled, having been to Jerusalem and Damascus. But today's reading sees him being sent on the first of his recorded missionary journeys. And this one starts with him going to Cyprus. While few of us are called upon to be itinerant missionaries, in the way that Paul was, there is much that should inspire us about his activities in Cyprus. Now, Paul and Barnabas had been appointed by the Holy Spirit and then commissioned by the church at Antioch to be specialist evangelists and church planters. And this may seem as if it's evangelism moving into the professionalised sphere. But if you think back to the first Pentecost, we saw Peter, one of the best known of the apostles, evangelising. So right from the start of the church, there has been the two strands of the professional and the ordinary Christian telling their friends and neighbours about Jesus. And once they'd been commissioned, these two did not waste any time. They set out straight away to go to the nearest port and then they sailed for Cyprus. We don't know why they went to Cyprus first, although there is a theory that Barnabas may have been a native of that island. But their urgency in evangelism is something which the modern church seems to have lost. 
and which we need to recapture both corporately as a church and as individuals. And it's notable that from this point on, Saul of Tarsus is normally referred to as Paul. Now that's the Greek equivalent of his Hebrew name. And Cyprus, of course, was an area of Greek culture. And it seems that he was prepared to adapt to the culture in which he was working. This sort of adaptation is necessary if we are to break down the barriers that exist to hearing, people hearing about Jesus. But we have to acknowledge that it comes at a cost, both in terms of comfort and personal emotion. But it is necessary nevertheless. And although we think of Paul as the great evangelist of the Gentiles, we see that the first thing he does when he gets to Cyprus is to go into the synagogue and tell his fellow Jews about Jesus. And that reflects his lifelong concern for his fellow Jews. But it also was a sensible starting point because in the synagogue he met people who knew the Old Testament could build on that. And it's also the place where he would have met people who were not Jews but were looking for something better than the polytheistic Greek religion. And in any case, evangelism should not be limited to certain groups of people. It should, Jesus is for all. And this theme of bringing Jesus to everybody is also demonstrated by the way in which Paul and Barnabas went through the entire island of Cyprus starting on the east coast and ending up on the west coast. That's not to say they went to every village. We aren't told that. And we know from later on that Paul's strategy was to evangelise the centres of population, establish a congregation there and let them take Jesus out to the surrounding area. And we find in this reading that Paul and Barnabas are actually asked to go and tell the Roman proconsul, Sergius Paulus, about Jesus. How he came to hear about what was happening, I don't know, but he apparently did. And we don't often find our friends and neighbours that key on hearing about Jesus. But we need to be ready to tell them when the opportunity is there. It doesn't mean even when they are keen to hear that they will necessarily respond, 
but the opportunity is there to tell them. So we have to be ready. And this means having the wisdom to recognise the opportunity when it's there and then having the right words. And we can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is, of course, possible that the proconsul wanted to hear what they had to say because he was concerned they were preaching sedition. But the way in which Luke writes of him as being an intelligent man is very positive and tends to suggest that he was somebody who really wanted to hear the message. And at the end of the passage, we are told that the proconsul was astonished at what he had seen and heard. Now, the message of Jesus would, of course, have been astonishing to anyone whose religious background was in the vast Roman or Greek pantheon of so-called gods. But so many of the people in our country now do not know much about Jesus and are likely to be pretty well as astonished when they hear the truth as Sergius Paulus was in the first century. Now, as we listen to the reading, of course, there was also a miracle which contributes to his astonishment. And we will look at that after we have had some song worship. So now we will turn to have a look at this miracle. And doubters and people who oppose the gospel for other reasons can be a major barrier to others coming to faith in Christ, either because they're casting doubt on the veracity of the message or because their friends don't want to lose face by being seen to accept Jesus in front of friends who are not prepared to. And Sergius Paulus had this problem because one of his entourage was deliberately trying to oppose the message of Jesus. And Jesus warned his disciples that he was sending them out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So they had to be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. And when we're faced with opposition of that kind, it's important that we recognise whether this is opposition due to doubt or whether it is downright opposition to the whole idea of people hearing the message of Jesus. And the wisdom part of it is in telling which we are dealing with. The harmless as doves is in responding appropriately to it. 
And as we respond, it's important to recognise that if we're dealing with a case of unbelief, humility is important. Not the humility that would say your view is as good as mine, but the humility to listen to the, whatever they are saying to us so that we can recognise what their problem is. And then to address that problem in a tactful manner, not patronising them, but nevertheless answering their issues. But in the case of Elimus, he was a Jew by background. Presumably he understood the Jewish scriptures. That had the advantage, of course, that he could follow Paul's arguments, but it had the disadvantage that he could sound quite plausible when he argued against Paul's understanding. It also made him a dangerous adversary. Now, that would actually have been true, whether he was suffering from unbelief or opposition for other reasons. But it's clear that it was other reasons. Because we are told that Elimus was a magician. Now, we think of magicians as people who do conjuring tricks. But in first century Greco-Roman world, as amongst the Jews, the understanding was very different. They were not doing tricks. They were in league with Satan and exercising satanic power. Therefore, Paul clearly understood this man to be Satan opposing the message of Jesus. And if he had ignored this opposition, it would have destroyed the credibility of his message to Sergius Paulus. And in the same way, if we ignore people's objections, opposition, etc., it will destroy our witness. Therefore, we have to respond to it. And in the case that we're looking at here, the response was pretty forthright. And looking intently at the man would have been intimidating. This doesn't seem very humble. But Paul was not responding as Paul. He was responding in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was responding not to Elimus the man, but to Satan working through him. And this is apparent because he prophesied that Elimus would be temporarily blind. And what happened? He was. He had to 
grope around looking for somebody to lead him by the hand. So the prophecy came true. It was a valid prophecy. And there's a certain appropriateness about the man who was trying to prevent others seeing the truth becoming blind himself. So we also should not back away from either unbelief or opposition because to do so would destroy our witness. But we need to discern which we are dealing with and only respond under the guidance and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this combination of Paul's explanation of the gospel and the miraculous blinding of this magician astonished the proconsul and caused him to believe in the gospel. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you that as we look at this passage, we are able to see how Paul was effective in his evangelism. Not because of something really special, but because he was prepared to present the whole gospel and to make it a priority in his life. And that he did it in the power of your spirit. And therefore, Lord, we pray that we too might be inspired to take you to those that we know who do not know you. We ask this, Lord, through thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.